The Right Optics by Silmo. Presented by Nick Koffer. Industry voices, insight and inspiration. From the leading trade show for eyewear and optics. Welcome to the Right Optics podcast by Silmo, where we continue our journey into the world of optics ahead of Silmo Paris 2023, which will take place at the end of September. There's also a French version of this podcast where we'll meet Dominique Royer, co-founder and managing director of Hisop Agency in Paris. We'll talk about the human footprint on the planet, the environmental consequences, how it impacts the optical industry and what we can all do to limit the damage. Dominique Royer, hello. Hello, Nick. Nice to have you along, Dominique. And thank you for doing this in English. We appreciate it. Let, let's touch first on the impact of your footprint, my footprint on the planet. Am I right in saying that if the whole planet were to continue to live like, let's say, an Englishman, a Frenchman, an American, the planet won't be able to meet the demand and fundamentally will not be able to survive. Yeah. And not to survive, and we will not able to offer the same resources to next generations, and it's it's not a good idea. Our global challenge is really to reduce our use the humanity footprint on the planet. If everyone la lived like a Frenchman or a woman, <laughs> we would need two additional planets. If you live like U.S. people, you would need four additional planets. It's not sustainable, and that's why some years ago, scientists and politics funded sustainable development. They invented this, this concept of sustainable development. Sustainable development is the macrovision of a world in which present development does not harm the resources of future generations. That's why we face today too many issues, global warning because of our carbon footprint and loss of biodiversity. So it's not sustainable. And there, of course, we're talking about the environmental aspect of, uh, of the problem and of your work. But the work of corporate social responsibility in general, and of course, ESOP, your company in particular, extends far beyond that. You call your vision holistic. Explain to me what that means. I talked to, to you about sustainable development. It was the macrovision. And from sustainable development, we created another concept, which is CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. CSR is the application of this principle to companies. So CSR is not focused only on environment. We should have an holistic vision of CSR that will be reduced to this environmental aspect, but also extend it to social and societal aspects of companies' interaction with its employees, of course, but also with stakeholders, its suppliers, community, local community, association, NGO, media, institution, all the world whom the companies have to live. And of course, here we're talking to the optical industry, but the, the stakes are actually very different depending on the industry. If I'm, for example, a food manufacturer, I'm going to have very different priorities than, I don't know, an accounting firm or a law firm. How do you regroup all of these different priorities into one concept? We write what is very important for companies to be a, a step ahead and to really be impactful, positively impactful on the planet. The company has to be aligned with its main impact. When you are a food company, 
Your challenge is product sourcing, agriculture. When you are a personal service company, your challenge is the loyalty of your employees. For optical companies, and when we look at an LCA, LCA is a life cycle analysis of the entire product. We see that main impacts of optical companies are aging glasses, manufacturing products, and at least the face of use by the customers. So we see a lot of companies today talking about the frame, the packaging, bioplastic frames, and so on. It's interesting, but it's on the margin compared to the main issues, which are on manufacturing, aging, and using by customers. It is interesting because, of course, there is this element of what looks exciting, interesting, different to the consumer. So if I was a brand, it would be much easier for me to communicate that I've created a wonderful new uh, form of packaging that is quickly biodegradable than to explain differences in behavior in, in the what you call the, the phase of usage, the, the usage of, of the frame. And part of the problem is is one of perception, isn't it? That, that is it actually cool? Is it, can I say, is it sexy to, to talk about phase of usage versus, for example, packaging? Yes, you're right. It's not so cool, but, but it's very important. And I think that communication is key on sustainable development and on, on CSR. Obviously, it's not cool to speak of manufacturing process of products, but it's the most important. And more and more companies have to be very clear and they, they should communicate on the real stakes of their industry. Because less and less consumers believe brands. 50% of consumers do not believe brands. And if you continue to make greenwashing by talking about packaging instead of talking about the real stakes, you are less and less credible and legitimate for consumer. That's why we talk about responsible communication. It's not so cool to, to talk about manufacturing or use face, but you have to explain it. And if you want to be a step forward, once again, you have to prove what you are doing is a good thing to do. It's a good impact to challenge. Story proving is much more important than storytelling. You can do storytelling with story proving. You have to be very transparent of what are your real impacts and what you are doing to be aligned with your real impact. It's a way of communicating, which is much more perhaps difficult to consumer understanding, but which is more important and more impactful. And once again, it's a step forward for you within your competitive environment. Do you think that when you look at the clients who, who come to you initially, do you think in some ways they sometimes underestimate their consumers, that they underestimate the intelligence of their consumers, or maybe even that they're a bit scared of their consumers? And is part of your work giving your clients the confidence to be proud and loud and talk about what they're doing? Yeah, I think that it's obvious that consumers have some difficulties to understand on that stuff. That's why it's not only a challenge, but a key element for brands to communicate clearly, 
consumer. That's uh, the work we do uh, every day with our clients to consumer. And it begins to make things understand to employees too, because it's very important to onboard and to empower employees on this subject in order they could communicate to consumers. Uh, and now it's really a big consumer demand on this subject. In France, 76% of consumers want to consume more responsibly. And there are only 25% to understand what brands are communicating on sustainability. They need more and more information. But it's not only for consumers. There is now everywhere in the world pressure on natural resources which are needed to manufacture products. You have a stick of securing your supplies. So that's why you have to be very careful about how you use these natural resources. And more, there is legislative pressure. Many European laws and regulations are now voted on these sustainable challenges. So everything is leading to action. What I should say is that more than constraint, all these elements are opportunities to rethink your business and to have a step forward. My grandfather, who was a successful businessman, always used to say that it was moments of constraint and difficulty that led him to make the most money. And that often it's times of, of constraints that are are the most creative and, and provide the biggest opportunities. So am I right in saying, Dominique, that you're suggesting that the, the constraints which are going to be necessary because to, to effect this change, we, we need the laws, we, we need the regulations. Are you suggesting that actually far from being uh, a break on expansion, this is a moment where some businesses can really use this to flourish? Yeah, I think that successful businesses tomorrow will be those that can use these constraints as your grandfather, really a creative moment to reinvent, reinvent business model, reinvent a way of manufacturing, reinvent a way of selling, reinvent a way of consuming. And more and more consumers, especially young people, want themselves to reinvent that way of consuming. You touched on this uh, before, but I want to come back to it. What happens if we don't do this. And you were talking about sourcing of products. I think often we think about uh, the need to change as a means of preventing global warming, of protecting the planet. But for a business, it wants to know what is the reality for that business. And you suggested that, for example, if we don't change, sourcing of products, sourcing of raw products, raw materials could become really complicated. It could be a year, 18 months, two years. What are these stakes for businesses if we don't change, stakes that we can understand as businesses? If you don't do anything, you will have less and less customers because you cannot convince them to buy your product. You could have less and less resources, less and less employees to manufacture your products and to sell your product. More and more expensive resources too. You will need more and more energy. It will be more and more expensive to manufacture, to sell. Everything will be less and less accessible and more and more difficult. 
you understand what I mean? I, I think you, you don't have any choice. You have to, to go ahead. If you don't go ahead, you, you have the, the risk that your business fails. If you are a food company and if you don't take care about the way you are producing your agricultural resources, you won't have any more agricultural resources. If you don't secure your sourcing, we see that on chocolate. In the past, a lot of businesses have had a lot of difficulties to find price-accessible chocolate to sell their products. And it's the same for every resources. I think that you can see that with raw metals and all the resources for uh, computers, phones, uh, and so on, even for oil and gas and so on. You don't need a degree from a business school to know that fewer customers and smaller margins will equal a problem for your business. It's a, it's a, very, simple, uh, a very simple equation, isn't it? You've launched this award for Silmo 2023. Uh, I'll translate it loosely. It's the Silmo Committed Business Award. Uh, tell me about this award. What's the concept? What's the aim? And, and who should take part? We decided with Silmo to launch this a world of responsible price, much more to empower companies, to empower business, and to contribute to emulate people. It's more emulation than competition among companies. We decided to create this price to distinguish one company from the optical sector for its contribution to reduce its environmental footprint and to optimize its uh, social impact. But in this price, we try to collect every good practices allowed to inspire the entire community of optical businesses. It's not for a frame or a product. It's really for a company. It's to distinguish the global commitment of a companies in CSR. We don't want the process to be too complex. We just want a questionnaire to fill in. We have solid frame. We are rigorous in our evaluation, but accessible. So we don't want to have too many complicated criteria, but just simple criteria which could help us to evaluate where the company is. There is a place for us to collect good corporate practice for companies to put their good practices in order to inspire the entire communities of optical. And to use your phrase from earlier, Dominique, this is a real case of Silmo and your business, Aesop, staying one step ahead and trying to help other businesses to stay one step ahead. Uh, SilmoParis.com for more information uh, about that award. Uh, let's finish with this, Dominique. Uh, a company that's listening to this episode may think that it's too complicated, too expensive uh, to implement the kind of changes necessary that you've spoken about uh, and you've spoken articulately about throughout this episode. So this leads me to, to one question. What are the small steps that everyone can take, no matter the size of their business? Perhaps one thing, uh, a business listening to this podcast can take away one thing, a starting point. What would it be? Uh, for me, a starting point is to evaluate what is your main impact. You can evaluate yourself what is your main impact 
on planet, on people, environmental or social? What are your main impacts? I think that there there is two or three main impacts you have to face. And then you have to think with your employees, with all your uh, companies inside the companies, how to manage this main impact, how to reduce them and how to go forward with this impact. And then it's the beginning of doing something. And I'm sure that you can find yourself some step ahead to to face this impact. And then come and see you at ESOP. Uh, Just remind us what it is you do and and, and where listeners can find you, Dominique. ESOP is a CSR advisor and we are at the beginning, your diagnosis, your action plan, how to implement your action plan and then how to onboard your employees in this uh, dynamic, which is a really, really very enthusiastic dynamic for your employees. And it's H-Y-S-S-O-P. And your website is? Esop.agency. Esop.agency. Dominique, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much for doing this in English. It's really interesting and and certainly gets me and I hope uh, our listeners thinking as well. It's been really lovely to chat to you today. Thank you, Nick. Bye. Really interesting to talk to Dominique about what's at stake for all of us to better understand the responsibilities that each industry has and to see how an industry like the optical industry can adapt going forward, staying, as Dominique says, one step ahead. Don't forget to check out previous episodes of The Right Optics. There's lots of them. And follow this series. That way you'll be notified of all future episodes, including all the episodes coming from Silmo 2023 in Paris at the end of September. Come and see us there. If you want any more information, go to silmoparis.com or just look for Silmo Paris on all social networks. Thanks again to Dominique for being so brilliant and doing this episode in English. Thanks to you for listening. But for now, from me, Nick Copper, it's goodbye.